0: This morning, as we come to the time of the preaching teaching of God's Word, I just want to say thank you. I want to give God a, a glory, I want to give Him praise, that the message last week um, really resonated with a lot of people, right? We've heard some feedback, and, and so I just, I give praise to the Lord, even as I met with one of the Sunday school classes this morning, I just happened to pop my head in, and they were you know, giving me some feedback, and I said, listen, I, I had a plan of where, we were going to be in another text we're going to be somewhere else, even this morning, but I'm trying to listen to that still small voice and say, okay, God, where do you want us to go? So one of the things I did was, in case you haven't seen or you didn't see on, uh, on social media, is that I came back on Monday and I preached it a third time, this time and, and I recorded it via video. And we have plans to use that in the future as far as like a baby dedication or something or other families that come. We've had some people that have shared that. So God gets the credit for that. But we just want to let you know that that does exist and that is there. And that kind of takes me into kind of how my week started out. So I came to church. There were some technical difficulties. I was like, Satan, you're not going to win this one. And so like I had to go back and re-record an ending. And so there was just this awkward like how do I, where did it stop, whatever. And so I'm in the office. I'm editing it. It's late. And I get a call from Austin. He says that Aaron has messaged him that her grandfather is getting ready to pass. He says, would you like to come with me and go to the hospital? I'm like, absolutely. So we went there, and and, uh, we didn't make it there in time, but he had just passed once we got there. And one of the things I want to tell you is the story is that, like, as we got there that day, and as we just shared Scripture with the family and we prayed with them, later Samantha looked at me and she said, you know, little did you know the Scripture that you shared and what you prayed has been our theme for this week. And that was comfort and peace. And so I give God the credit for that, right? When, I, when, when we hear stories like that, like, he, he is mighty, and He is still working. And, like, we can't make those things up, right? And so if we're obediently following Him. And so, um, so we were able to, you know, just have a time there with the family and, and went to uh, Mary Linda's place the next evening. And so we were just sitting around, we were listening. And that made me think in ministry about, you know, the cool thing about ministry is that Austin and I, we get to walk with people through their, their peaks and their valleys, right? And it's a privilege and it's an honor to be with you in those valleys and with you on those peaks and along the way. And so I began to think back and had to reflect on, you know, in ministry, especially as I started out, there's going to be a lot of first, right? There's going to be a lot of first. And so I'll never forget a few years ago, I had my first funeral, because it was coming, it was going to happen. I get asked to do my first funeral of someone I've never met. And I'm like, okay, God. So the daughter calls me. So here, here, here's what I want you to see. There's this, there's this uh, juxtaposition, maybe that's the right word, maybe not, but there's this, there's this balance of this person's funeral that I preached years ago and, the, and the, service, the beautiful service that was held Friday. And I want you to see that contrast. I want you to see the contrast between those two lives and, and, and in, in, in how we got to where we're going to be this morning. So the interesting thing about this lady was her daughter calls me, and she says, hey, I'd like for you to do my mom's funeral. And I was like, okay, absolutely. And so we talked about the particulars, about when it was going to be and where, et cetera. And so I was like, okay, well, i got to kind of know a little bit about this lady's faith, right? If I'm going to preach her funeral, I need to know, like, whether she was saved or... You know, that changes the trajectory of how you preach and teach that that funeral, right? Of how you comfort, how you, you know... Because, listen, a funeral is not for the dead. It's for the living. It's so... The thing was, how are we going to, what was her life about? And so I was talking to the daughter on the phone, and I said, Hey, I said, did your mom happen to have a time in her life that God just showed up? Like, that just walked with her through the valley, and like, she just clung to him, and and he helped her out? Uh, So this was her response. "Um, No, no, she didn't ever tell me of one. Okay, all right, so I was like, all right. I said, Hey, did your mom have like a favorite verse of Scripture? Right, that brought her comfort, that brought her hope. Um, hmm. No, no, I can't think of any. I'm like, okay, Lord, give me something. That's two strikes. I'm like, oh, uh, I'm like, okay. So then I said, okay, I said, look, I said, did your mom have a favorite song, a favorite hymn, something that encouraged her that she enjoyed singing? Uh, no. All right, see you at the funeral on Thursday. Wait, what? Like, okay, I, I mean, she gave me nothing to work with, but here, is here's what I want to show you. Right here on the screen, I keep it in my notes. I'm a pack rat, and so I went back, I dug my notes from that particular uh, funeral, from that particular message. And so right here on her membership form whenever she joined her church, one thing I appreciate about that church, and I think all churches should have, hello, Bethel, um, anyway all right give a brief account of your testimony including how you came to faith so praise god the administrative assistant of the church she said hey i got her membership form and i looked at that section and i was like whoo praise god she knew jesus all right so that changes how i'm going to preach and teach this message but look with me if you will so what does it say it says when i was 29 years old living in california accepted christ and was baptized check all right we're good so look then here's the thing the, the yellow that you see is my highlights attended base chapels in Germany, Japan, and all over the U.S., Texas, Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. Hey, listen, for some of y'all, y'all come and sit in the exact same place Sunday after Sunday, and as we, if we did this homegoing service for this lady, I was like, man, think about all those people, all those different backgrounds, all those different places that she got to worship the Lord. Right, we get stuck in our rituals and our routine, but she was there to worship Almighty God no matter where she was. What a great and awesome reminder! And so, listen. I want to ask you this morning. I want to I, I usually ask a question to start with, but this is a little bit deeper past the story. So, listen. What do we talk about? What do we talk about? Like right now, what show are you watching? See, I had to kind of break it down sometime for the first service. It's like, hey, people ask questions on Facebook. This is typically the question that they ask. What are you binge watching? Like, we don't just watch things anymore. We binge watch them, right? And we just, like, get our fill of them. And so you always see, like, somebody will say, hey, what show are you watching right now? And everybody chimes in. It's like, oh, you've got to watch this. This is awesome. Oh, this one. This is awesome. What if I asked you this? Tell me about a recent meal that you had that you just really enjoyed. Oh, man, you can see it on your face like your mouth starts watering. You're like, man, the ambiance there. and Man, that steak was so good. And I was there with my lovely bride. You know, hey, for me, I'll tell you real quick, this is a little um, uh, station identification little commercial. So there's a place in Calabash, North Carolina. It doesn't look like much. They serve things on styrofoam plates. It's called the Waterfront Seafood Shack. It is like the best seafood I've ever had in my whole life. Like The only way you can get it fresher is if you cast the net over where you're sitting at the little bar and you look out on the inlet. Okay, anyway, so see, what, we, we talk about what we love. We talk about what we enjoy. What if I asked you about your favorite sports team? I'm not a sports guy, but some of y'all in here love sports. Oh, man, did you see that pass? Did, did you see that touchdown? Did you see that shot? Did you see that wreck? Oh, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that game. Hey, what about this morning? What if I asked you about your children? What if I asked you about your grandchildren? Your face lights up. But what if I asked you about your faith? Yesterday at homegoing service of Ronnie Ron, my dad's cousin, Mark Barnett at Dazzle Baptist, he he made the statement. He said, Ronnie had made his decision. He had made his preparation long before that day. Right? See, there's coming a time, as we even talked about last week, we're to count our days. We're to number our days. We don't have an infinite number of days. We have a finite number of days. And so this morning, I want to have a conversation about our faith. I want to ask you this question. I want audience participation. Why is it so hard to share our faith? Why is it hard To share our faith. Don't everybody like jump to answer that at the same time. Bam. Yes, ma'am. That's what the first service said, too. Fear of rejection. First word you heard is what? Fear. But it's the fear of rejection. Mm, We're not perfect. Okay. Maybe we're still trying to figure things out for ourselves. We're still sinners. Anybody else? Mm. Yeah, persecution. <clears throat> as soon as you wave that banner that you're a Christian, that a lot of people have waved that banner, they don't know Jesus. They're not walking with Jesus. And so, other thing is, too, church, I just want to challenge you with this thought. Why is it that people know more of what we don't like than what we do? Right? How do people not know the love of Christ? They know what we're against, but what are we for? We're for them. We want them to meet Jesus. We want Jesus to change their lives. As, as, as I've shared this before, as I've talked with groups about this before, like people feel unqualified, that their, their nerves might get the best of them. Some people, you know, they were just honest and they said time. It takes time. Somebody else said that they might not know what to say. And so this morning, I have attributed this recently. It's just been kind of on rinse and repeat in my mind. I've attributed it to Paul, which Paul wrote like the majority of the New Testament. But actually, it's Peter who said this. Look at what Peter said. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Let's break that verse down just a little bit. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Look, always being prepared. we got to be prepared. And I'm going to give you here in just a few minutes a tool or a resource to be prepared. A tool or a resource that you can use to have a conversation with someone about their faith. So that unlike that lady, and see that's what breaks my heart, is here's this woman who, she attended these base chapels, and that she saw God work, and she saw God move, and she was a member of a church, but for whatever reason, her daughter knew nothing of her faith. Now maybe her daughter just had a hard heart, and maybe she tried to share with her, but it just couldn't penetrate. But I think that's an indictment. How many other people... As Jim Johnson asked at Mr. Harry's home-going service on Friday, you know, what's that one thing you want somebody to know about you whenever you're gone? And, man, the stories that they told. And, you know, even here, here's this. Like, here's a conversation that I had that I don't even, I've don't told some of the family, but here's the interesting thing. Jamie Elmore from the funeral home later told me, as we were standing around after the, after the graveside, he said, look, he said, that church was packed. And for him to be the age that he was, he says that speaks volumes of his impact and of his legacy. Right? So so always being prepared. What? To make a defense. Here, here's the thing. Here's one little word. If you want to study something today, these young people, if you're under... By the way, um, okay, this is playing this part of the message, something else. If you're under... The age of 18, stand up. Alright, awesome, y'all can sit down. Two things, two things. One, the paper that I gave y'all today, I want y'all to listen in a minute, there's some fill in the blanks, I want you to fill in the blanks, I want you to use the sheet of paper. But furthermore here, what is, what is, he says, to make a defense, apologetics, is going to be what we need to know. It's not that we're apologizing for our faith, but we need to be firmly rooted and grounded in Scripture and to know what we believe. Not what mom and daddy believe, but what we believe. Can we take them to the hope of which we have? Is it real? Is it rooted? Is it deep? Is it abiding? To make a defense to anyone... Who ask you what? For the reason, for the hope that is in you. Oh, but listen, he says, what? Yet do it with gentleness and respect. I think, now I'm not going to say anything about Bethel, but some of the churches we've been at, some of them old folk, I think they left that part of the verse off, like gentleness and respect. They, they wanted to go on the defense, but it's with gentleness and and respect, you can't just come up to some whole, uh, some old boy and be like, <laughs> beat him over the head with the Bible. Is that going to work? No, it's not. Look with me too, this passage, and we'll break this down, you know I will. I know this is a long drink of water for the screen, but look with me. I, I went here this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and these words that I command you to today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Let's look at this real quick. So we talk, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, right? It's all about love. There's one thing the church should be known for. It should be what? Love. The love of Christ, that God loved us as so we should love others. So, you shall love the Lord your God with what? All, I love that word, all. All your heart and your soul and your mind. You're to love God with everything. And does God have all of your being? Does he have your heart? Does he have your mind? Does he have your soul? Does he have your strength? Listen. And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. What, what does the psalmist say in Psalm one nineteen? Beautiful, beautiful passage, longest chapter in the whole Bible. It says, "I've hidden my word in your heart that I might not sin against you." So they should be on your heart. Listen, look at this. You shall teach them how, diligently to your children. Now look at these verbs, and you shall talk. So we got to talk. We, we, we got to talk the talk and walk the walk. Amen. And from what people stood up and said about Mr. Harry Brewer, he, he did that. He talked the talk, but he walked the walk. His, his walk with Jesus matched what he said. So you got to talk, but look at these verbs. While you sit, while you walk, while you lie down, while you rise, we're to be talking about what God's doing. I don't know about you, friends, but God is working. Amen? God is working, and so we need to say, okay, God, give us open eyes, give us open ears, give us open hearts to see how you're working in the hearts and lives of those people around us. And when you do, share it. Right? As, we share, we're, as we share our story, the ultimate question we have to ask is this. Who gets the glory when we share the story? It's God. Look at what God's done. Look at who God's put in my life. Look at who God, what God, Hayden today. Look at what God's done in his life. What is God doing in your life? Now, listen, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be on the frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now, let's stop there for a minute. Write them. There's a verse of scripture that I share now at, at every funeral. And I gave a challenge on Friday to everybody except the family, those, those friends and those loved ones that were gathered, except the family. And here was my challenge to them. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he says that God has comforted us so that we may comfort others. You know how I found that verse? I went looking back on something on my grandmother's obituary, and a lady wrote that passage. She copied and pasted or typed that passage out and left that on her obituary. You see, friends, there's power in the Word of God. There's power when we write it. There's power when we share it. There's power when we speak it. It is living and active. It is a fresh drink of water. And friends, can I remind you of something today? Many of you, many of your friends are drinking from polluted cisterns. You've got to open the Word of God and and, and just drink from His Word. Now, it's also like a mirror. So when you look in, you're going to see warts and moles and blemishes and scars you're going to see all that when you look into it and that's okay that's okay listen as we think about this i think this morning this is one of the last pictures i added this hangs in our dining room Right, as a reminder, because what did, what did they say? That you should write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. So, for in, a, in essence, as I think about those doorposts, it's for them to see as they're coming in, but it's also to see for those going by. So, turn to the sheet of paper that I gave you this morning, and I want you to look at this with me. All right, this is a tool, this is a resource. For you to have conversations with your family and with your friends. So young people, all the under eighteen crowd that just stood up. And if you still think you eighteen, you can you know be included in this too. Now, every one of y'all this morning, I pray that you would take this sheet and that you would use it to have spiritual conversations with your loved ones, with your parents, with your grandparents, with your children, with your best friend. Use this as a tool. Do you have to check? Like, are you just going to go and be like, oh, do you, you know, just read off one by one? No. Like, But just use them as an opportunity to have those conversations. So first, we're going to work off the acrostic of verse, V-E-R-S-E, these five letters. So the first word that you're going to fill in here this morning is the word verse. All right. So, and all you're simply going to ask is, do you have a favorite verse? Do you have a favorite verse? As I think about this morning... And then that kind of leads to the follow-up question, like I asked that young lady about her mother, is there a verse that has brought you comfort, or given you strength, or hope? Is there one that's brought you comfort, given you strength, and given you hope? So you know what I did before my grandmother passed away? I asked her, It's what we call a life verse. I encourage you, if you don't have one, let's have a follow-up conversation about that. What is that verse of Scripture that keeps you rooted and grounded? It encourages you. It spurs you on. It pulls you back to God and be like, man, I don't don't want to. Why? Like, that's how mine is. But I asked my grandmother, and I said, Granny, I said, what's your life verse? And so in the margin of my Bible, in Joshua chapter 1, it says, verse 8, Granny Moore's Life verse. What was my grandmother's life verse? It was this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. I'll just go ahead and share verse 9, because I don't know if she had 9 as well, but it's powerful. Have I not commanded you? Because she added this, if I'm not mistaken, as we talked about that long before she passed. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hey, I had to go to Kendall. I had to go to my spouse and I had to say, "Babe, I had to say, what's your what's your life verse?" Like, what's rooting and grounding you? What's what's encouraging you? And she said, "You know, it's Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6, and so in the margin of my Bible, it says verse 5 and 6, Kendall's life verse. Why? Because I'm leaving that. It's a reminder, if I'm reading that, that, hey, oh, by the way, this brings Kendall comfort and hope and strength. But also, maybe one day when I'm dead and gone, if if my children happen to pick this up, they would know that too. Because, again, as we talked about last week, sometimes in life it's not what you may do for your children but it's what you leave in them. It's what you leave in them. So Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your past. What about my friend, Les Thompson? And as we ministered this week to to the Brewer family, you know what? Les, my friend that worked with me at Toomey, he went through thyroid cancer and he came back and, and he said, man, he said this verse right here, he said this gave me hope. He said it just kept me grounded. And in my Bible, I underlined it in blue, which I never really used blue. So I must've just had a blue pen that day. But in that, in, in Isaiah 26, Verse 3, and I'll add verse 4. Les said this is what kept him grounded. Listen to what he said. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Listen, if it is given them hope, it can give you hope as well. Amen? Just like that passage I shared from Second Corinthians. Just like these three passages that we just shared. We share them why? Because they bring hope and they bring life. And they're still changing lives. Your next word on your sheet there is experience. It's experience. You know, tell me about a time that you have experienced God move in your life. I'll give you a snippet of maybe a future message. We have a basket of, of river, river rocks in our house that stayed on our dining room table. And on the back of those river rocks, we wrote certain things like Katie's heart because we walked through a valley of her having heart palpitations or kind of blacking out a little bit and had to go through that. Kendall found a lump on her breast one time. There was our marriage that was I did something stupid and and it hit me like a ton of bricks that my marriage was over, and so the only thing that I could do was remember and lean into a marriage conference that we had been to, and I realized in that moment I had to pray, but i didn 't know what to pray i didn 't have the strength to pray, so I had to say, "Lord, give me the strength I had to willing I had to disobediently and humbly go to my wife and say." This is out of carriage for me. I don't pray, but can I pray for us and can I pray for our marriage? And so then not only that, but then we pulled our kids in because they had seen the argument, they had seen the fight, they had seen how broken we were. And so we got there on the corner of our bed in our bedroom, and we prayed as a family. We saw God work. We saw God move. When have you seen God move in your life when is a time that you've experienced that the next word on our sheet this morning is response is response is there a time god answered one of your prayers listen when we pray specifically god answers specifically we were praying specifically for hayden I keep mentioning him this morning, but that's fresh. It's real. We want to celebrate that. But we were praying specifically. How do you know if God works? You know, at the end of the service, I can say, Lord, bless these people. Amen. And we go home. But when we pray specifically for families and we pray specifically for people and we pray specifically for certain needs at that moment, at that hour, then when we get down the road, we can look back and say, hey, look at what God did. Does God always answer our prayers? No. Garth Brooks even th- sings about that. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Right? I'm thankful to the Lord. It's, it's painful. But you know what? Sometimes our prayers aren't answered because we're praying with the wrong motives. We're praying for the wrong reasons. I pray, I'm standing before you here this morning because God didn't answer one of my prayers. I had a position at a local church that combined marketing and ministry. I was in marketing for like 15, probably about 17 years at that time, and I was ordained into ministry. And I'm like, God, look at what you're doing. You're marrying these two. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to get to be on staff. I get to go away from the hospital and be a part of a different environment. And he shut that door. And it was painful. But I had to trust Him. So does he, always, does he always answer our prayers? No. Yes, no, or I have a better idea. That's how God answers our prayers. As we talk about that response, how has God responded to you? How has God responded to your prayers? And then most importantly is, how have you responded to God? How have you responded to God? Next, the S, salvation. Simply tell me about when you were saved. Tell me about when you were saved. Now, I leaned into a good friend of mine when I came up this list, mentor of mine. He sharpened me. I don't know that I've ever sharpened him, but he's definitely sharpened me. I had one word, he added the other. Encouraged in eternity encouraged or eternity so listen so this brings up the question who might be encouraged by your story you know again you're not just going to sit down with this list and be like hey you have a favorite verse okay that's good hey have you seen god work oh that's awesome praise the lord hey has he responded to your prayers oh, okay good that's awesome no this is a conversation starter Right? As you sit down and maybe you're at lunch, maybe you're at somebody's house, you're visiting with them. Maybe you're like me and Austin and say, hey, we need to ride, go get a milkshake. Which means we're going to go down 15 and head over to Manning and go to cookout. He's going to get a milkshake and we're going to talk there and back. Amen? That's sometimes you need that. You need those friends. You need those conversations. So who might be encouraged by your story? And listen, when you think about eternity, how would you describe it? A lot of us, we have a wrong view of eternity. I'm not an expert, but I know that Jesus taught more about hell than he did heaven, because hell's a real place. And if we reject him, we will find ourselves there. But we also have these misconceived notions of like, and the question I hate the most is are you wait till I get to heaven? I'm gonna ask God this. No, you not? What do we see in Scripture? He, his, his radiance, He is so brilliant and so full of light that all you're going to be able to do is to get down on your face because you can't even look at Him. And you're going to stand here and tell me, wait till I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about this. Come on. All right, moving right along. Here's a good question. What's one way you've invested in eternity specifically for someone else? I encourage you, take this, fold it up, put it in your Bible, use it to have conversations. You know what I want? I, I, I pray that it's a challenge for you. I want to challenge you that with this morning. I want you to use it. I want you to tuck it away. I want you to write about it. I want you to share your testimony. But you know what I would love to see? I'd love to see one of y'all shoot me a text. I'd love to see one of y'all shoot me an email. Or one of y'all pull me aside and say, hey, Look, I asked my mama what her life verse was or what her favorite verse was. Here's what it is. Right? Let's report back. You got a tool, use it. All right. I want to share two stories with you. Then we're gonna go home. The Methodists—they already beat us to the buffet. Y'all gonna get the second, second, um, second run anyway. All right. So y'all hang tight. Hang tight. <clears throat> One of the most beautiful stories that I heard—I asked for permission to share this. One of the most beautiful stories I heard is I sat at Miss Mary Linda's house. Was a story about prayer. But then it was this story right here, and she told a story about Mr. Harry that he was in the military. He was in the military, and they were at a certain post. And they were up on a hill, and they could look down the hill, and there was a church. And at that church, they had a, a tent revival or a tent meeting taking place. And so I, I kind of see this. So like the commanding officer made the comment. He said, look, they're, they're having this church service. If you guys would like to have leave, you're welcome to go. And so they all just sat there, probably in awkward silence, just like when I asked you that question a few minutes ago, and nobody wanted to speak up. And so nobody stood up. And there directly, we don't know how long, but I don't know how long it was, but there directly to Harry, he got his things, and he stood up. And he began to walk down the hill to that church. I imagine maybe it looked something similar to this. Somewhere along the way, as he was walking to that church, he turned around, and there were other men who were following him. And here's the story, and here's the application of how we all pull that together, is that God is still looking for men and for women that will stand up and will walk into situations, that will walk into conversations, that will walk into places when nobody else will. He's looking for men and women to be obedient to what He is calling them to do. He's calling you to go when maybe nobody else goes. I want to close this morning with this. Spiritual, a, a legacy of faith. What are you leaving for your children? A few years ago, I was in a mini storage that my grandparents owned, and I found a little small Bible that was my grandfather's. It's got electrical tape at the bottom to keep it together. But I opened it up, and when I opened it up, I saw this quote. Some of you may have heard this. It's from D.L. Moody. Sin will keep you from this book. This book will keep you from Sin. But then on the bottom part of that page, I saw this. My grandfather had a very unique handwriting. He loved to use felt-tip markers. This was an actual pen, but later in life, everything was a felt-tip marker. And so I saw that, and I said, well, what's on page 126 in the New Testament? So when I turned there, I saw this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. At the bottom of that page, it said turn to page 128. So this morning, I want us to all be still. And I want you to just listen to what I learned as I went on this journey with him. What are you leaving for your family? What are you leaving for your kids? What are you leaving for? For your grandkids. That next verse was, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Turn to page, this is in my Bible, I've since repeated this in mine. Turn to page 976. For by grace you have been saved through faith, And this is not of your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one can boast. Listen, if somebody ever says we've never shared the gospel at Bethel Baptist Church since I've been here, well, you can mark down February the 13th, 2022, because I don't think you can get any clearer of sharing the gospel. There may be one here today who has never accepted the Lord as their personal Savior. I want you to listen to these words. Turn to page eight. 77, he wrote in the margin, pray a prayer like this, but the publican, the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Friends, that's the closest thing we find to a sinner's prayer in scripture, that, that he's acknowledging God. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, but God, be merciful to me. Be merciful to me. Turn to page 888. Y'all know this. For the... For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Hang on, y'all. I ain't going to cut you short on this journey. Amen? You can, get, you can get your money's worth today, so hang tight with me. Hang tight. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation He will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Turn to page 945. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, can separate us, or nothing else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Brothers, my heart's desire, Romans 10 verse 1, brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For everyone, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary nation. Hang tight. We're almost done. In a favorable time, I listen to you. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is the water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Listen, why did I share this with you this morning? Because this pathway was left for me. I'm thankful that i found that I, i'm thankful that i've used it there's one man right here jalen katie's boyfriend as jalen came and 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 talked about that he wanted to know christ as a savior i i, I wanted to show him what thus saith the word of god that, that it's not me talking you into something but it's the spirit of the living god and so you know what we just did that i took my bible and i said jalen it, turned, it opened up in the beginning. It says, turn to page 941, and I put it in front of him, and he turned there, and we talked about what each verse meant and what that meant in his life, and praise God that he accepted Christ as his Savior. Amen? What are you leaving for your family? Listen, if you, I've already had two people from the first service say, I, I want that pathway. I want to mark that out in my Bible so that I can leave that for my loved ones. If you want that, come see me. I'll text it to you, email it to you, airdrop it to you, whatever. You can sit down and copy it yourself. But all you got to do is take those Scripture references, find the first one, write the page numbers, highlight it in, in, in pink so it sticks out, so it's bold. What are you leaving for those coming behind you? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you for the legacy of faith that my grandparents left for me. Lord, I thank you that they invited me into their lives. They invited me to church and they planted those seeds early on because they knew there would come a day they prayed faithfully. There would come a day that I would turn from my ways, my wicked ways, and I would turn to you and realize that I was a sinner in need of a Savior that I would believe in my heart and confess with my mouth and that I would be saved. Father, thank you for taking an old boy like myself with a big mouth, Lord. my, My prayer has been that you would use me as the youth would pray years ago, Lord, that you would use me as a megaphone for your glory. Father, this morning, who here does God want to use who here is going to be like Mr. Harry Brewer and stand up and go when no one else is willing to go? Who, who's going to ask the questions about these verses and, and things where God has moved so that we can know them and know that about our loved ones and not be clueless? Where's the hope that they have? Father, help us to point them to the hope that comes from you and you alone. Father, I don't know what you're doing in the hearts and lives of these, your people this morning, but as we saw, there's some here that need to turn to you and need to believe and and have that experience with you to know that they have can have the free gift of eternal life just by simply believing nothing that they can do. Father, there's some here this morning that may need to be baptized. There may be some here this morning that need to rededicate their life to Christ and and get things right and sure things up so that they, like cousin Ronnie Ron can have preparation and and have no fear about that day of death because they've made preparations before we can't make it after we have to do it before and so father I pray that your spirit would move I pray that you would work in a way you would work in these hearts and lives Lord I don't know what you do I I look forward to seeing what you're going to do Lord as we talk about you and we talk about what you've done father we praise you as I heard Mark say yesterday at the end of that service, Lord, if you've been blessed, say amen. And so this morning, I ask this congregation, if you've been blessed by our time together, through song, through the preaching and teaching of God's word, will you simply just say amen. Father, we ask this in the mighty and precious and matchless name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen.